Amen. Let's give him one more hand clap of praise. I want to uh, remind you that we started, as everybody uh, knows, a new quarter uh, uh, today. This is the beginning of a new quarter, and we out on the table is new books, uh, The Daily Bread, beginning for the month of June. And uh, so uh, they're out there. These are great little devotional reads. They're good little... Uh, books to stick in your Bible, and you've got a, uh, a devotion and, uh, used with a scripture for each day of the, uh, uh, day of the month. And, uh, they're good little, uh, uh, devotions. So uh, we make them available. There you've got a picture of it on the screen. We make them available there for you free of charge. Uh, and, uh, we, we order them, uh, and, uh, they, they come. And so please take advantage, and uh, I mean, t- uh, there's nothing wrong. We we always have plenty left over, uh, and, uh, you know, take an extra one to give to somebody. Uh, you know, if you visit somebody that's sick or go visit somebody in the hospital, uh, just, um, you know, be uh, a good little something to give them for some reading. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, next uh, Sunday is our homecoming. And uh, let's be in prayer about that, and God will bless our services. I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing from uh, Brother Turner. Those of you who have heard him speak, you know he is a uh, uh, he's a great speaker, great man of God, and um, he's going to be uh, uh, as <laughs> he's going to be really. Uh, sacrificing to come down for us because he's going, going to try to, uh, finish his morning service and then hit the road from Illinois where his church is at and drive down, uh, to, uh, to get here, uh, by two o'clock. And so we want to be in prayer for him as he travels on the road and him willing to do that for us. Uh, so, uh, uh, be much in prayer. Amen. And we're just a great time. Amen. In the Lord. Amen. Next Sunday. Of course, our midweek Bible study, we're teaching on the I am's of Jesus. Had a really good study last Wednesday night, and we're going to continue that again, uh, this Wednesday night. Lord willing. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to get started into the, uh, into the message. Oh, I preached half of this this morning, didn't I? I don't guess I need to start from the beginning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's, see, that gives you something to look forward to. You know I'm already half through. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, uh, today being Pentecost Sunday, uh, we uh, uh, preach, uh, started preaching a message called The Three Aspects of Pentecost. The three aspects of Pentecost, and uh, this morning uh, uh, we uh, we just got through the first one, which was um, uh, as we were talking about, uh, we talked about the promise of Pentecost and how God had promised that even from the Old Testament. Amen. Hallelujah. We have all we have already read 
our scripture reading, uh, so you, we don't have nothing for you to to stand to tonight, because uh, we, we're picking up just right in the middle of our, our message, and um, we're going to uh, uh, begin tonight talking about the power of uh, Pentecost. We talked about the promise, now we're going to talk about the power, hallelujah, let's bow our heads and you pray uh, for Pastor tonight. I am not feeling too well uh, in my body. I'm kind of, kind of, kind of struggling. Uh, really, actually standing here, I don't have I have a lot of strength for some reason, and uh, having um, having a little uh, a little pain also in my chest. Uh, so uh, just pray for me tonight that God will give me the strength, Amen, to uh, to minister this. This evening, let's let's go to God in prayer, Lord. As we come to you, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the privilege to be in in your house tonight, God. We thank you for your goodness. God, hallelujah! You speak to us, Lord, from your word tonight. We love you. We glorify you. We give you the praise in Jesus' holy, mighty name. Let the church say, Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It might not be a big deal with a lot of people, but Pentecost means something to me. It is real in my life. I have walked with the Lord most of my life. But I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful that there come a day and there come a time that the Lord enlightened my steps further. And I began to experience... Pentecost, a personal Pentecost in my life. This thing, as Brother Chase said a few minutes ago, this thing is not about religiosity, denomination. It doesn't, none of that stuff matters whatsoever. Hallelujah. I believe, I believe personally that the greatest thing that God desires from you and I is for us to be in His presence. Hallelujah. Have you ever been to where you have been away or some, some loved one, family member was away for a long time? And then there comes a reunion and you're together again and you're in their, their, their presence or, uh, they're in your presence and how great that feels. Amen. To be with someone that is close to you. Amen. And that, um, that is dear to you to be able to be in their presence. Don't you realize how much God had to love us to endure what he did for us? 
I believe that God has proven his love to us. He don't have to do one thing more to prove his love for us. And knowing how he has shown his love, you've got to understand how much he desires you to be in his presence. He wants communion with you. He wants fellowship with you. Hallelujah. And we need to make it a priority in our life to where we get into the presence of the Lord. And one way we do that is having a personal Pentecost in our own life. And that goes beyond anything we do around here. It goes be far beyond anything we ever experience around here. You need to have a personal Pentecost in your life so you can be in His presence. Hallelujah. We talked about the promise of that Pentecost. I want to talk about the power. The power which comes with Pentecost is without equal. The greatest aspect the world has ever known. Hallelujah. The power of Pentecost does not have an equal. It, it's, it's the greatest aspect of anything. I remember here a while back, uh, there was, uh, uh, a big, uh, a big bomb dropped over there. And they said it was the biggest bomb that you could have without going to a nuclear bomb and, uh, uh, and all the, uh, the outreach of it and what it does and, uh, and, and all those things. Well, they dropped that bomb and they, they may have killed, killed a few. But guess what? Terrorism is still going rapid. I mean, they had bad situation this, bad, this, just this weekend on, in London again. Hallelujah. Uh, I don't care how much power man may think he may achieve and have. There is no power any greater than the power of God. The power of God can move mountains. Hallelujah. The power of God can destroy the yoke of sin. Hallelujah. The power of God can shake you in your life. Amen. And give you something that you have never been able to imagine. Hallelujah. I'm grateful for the power of Pentecost. I'm going to take you back to a part of the scripture I read this morning. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Amen. 24 and 49. He said, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. I can't figure out why it don't seem to be that a lot of people desire that power anymore. Hallelujah. 
I mean, I remember the time that people would seek the Lord and tarry half all night long and into the wee hours of the morning. I mean, back when I was a young man, I mean, just in in, in my twenties, hallelujah. People would be so hungry seeking God, hallelujah, and they would be, they would pray and they would pray and they would pray, amen. And um, uh, uh, to the final, to the point, I would start praying, Lord, fill them and give them what they need, or let them stop so we can go home. Hallelujah, amen. I was a young man, but it was wearing me out. But oh, how I wished! Come on, somebody, hallelujah. Think about it. Think about it. The last, the years, I talked about being in this facility five, five years. Just during that time, we've seen people repent. We have baptized several in water in Jesus' name. Amen. But I don't, I don't know, I, I, with, with one hand, you could count where people today, when you, when they repent and they get baptized, it seems like they just stop at that point. They don't have a desire to reach on and get more from God. Repentance and baptism is just, it, it ain't an ending point, it's a beginning. And, that's the reason why many of them that we baptize, you don't see them no more. They, they drift out of the way because they don't go on to receive the power of that Holy Ghost, the fire of that Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We have got to have that. We cannot stand without that. We cannot make it apart from that. I like that until you be endued with power from on high. Now that word endued, <coughs> I ran that down and did a little study on that. And it, lead, it leads you to two different things. The first thing it led me to was invest. Invest. When you are filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, God invests in you everything that you need to make it in this life. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I'm standing here uh, willing and, and able for anybody who would like to invest uh, $10,000 to my bank account. Amen. If I had 10000 invested in my bank account, I could get up in the morning and do a few things. Hallelujah. But when we are endued, Brother Paul, with power from on high, God makes an investment in you. Think about that. Let that wall around in your mind a little bit. God makes an investment in you. And that investment that he makes in you is a whole lot greater than if somebody was to invest in your bank account $10,000. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. He invested in you everything that you need 
One scripture says that pertains to life and godliness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God has got an investment in you. Now, I don't know about you, but if if I make an investment in something in the natural, I I, want to see a return on that investment. And if, if I keep investing, but yet I don't get no return and I don't see no return, the day's going to come, I'm going to stop the investing and I'm going to move on. Hallelujah. How much the more do you think that God wants to see a return on what he's invested in you and me? What, how much do you think God has invested in you? He's invested his blood. Come on. He invested, amen, his life. And then through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he invested his spirit. Hallelujah. Now, I believe when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, God's going to expect some returns. Come on, somebody. He's going to say, all right, just like the, the parable of the talents. What did you do with what I gave you? He's invested. But that word to be endued also, it means to be clothed. He said, You tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued, or I clothe you with power. From on high. Think about that. He clothes you. He wraps you. And his power. And his grace. His mercy. His sufficiency. Everything. (coughs) A lot of times we'll pray. For God to give us this or give us that. But I'm I'm here to tell you. Tonight, church, if God has filled you with the power of the Holy Ghost, He's already clothed you with everything you're going to need from here to eternity. He's already, He's clothed you, He's invested in you. We don't need more from God. We need to use what God has given us. We don't need to be sitting around expecting God to give us more. We need to use what he's already given us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In our text, when Jesus referenced the coming of Pentecost, he used the word endued. Hallelujah. Every time the word is used in other scriptures in the Bible, it refers to being clothed or arrayed. In other words, the promise of Christ The promise Christ made here implies he will clothe or wrap you in his power. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for Pentecost. I'm thankful for Pentecost. And then that fits right in.
shall receive what? After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. I have preached and I've taught this so many times. You should already know. Now, sometimes when you read a word in the Bible, I have tried to, to bring this out. Sometimes the original, if you look back in one place, it leads you one way, but then in another place, it leads you somewhere else. But right here, in Acts 1.8, when he said, you shall receive power, the original, he said, you shall receive dunamis. Dunamis. That is where we get our word dynamite. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The English language came along after, along after the Greek language and a lot of other, and our language is made up from other words from other people and other nations. <laughs> and when we got that word power, it came from the word dunamis. Power. Ye shall receive power after that which the Holy Ghost is come upon you. If you're happy for the power of God, let's give him a hand. Let's move on to the third and the final aspect of, uh, of Pentecost, and that's the purpose. Now, the purpose of God filling us with His Holy Ghost power it's not just because we can get those goosebumps and, and, and run and jump and, and do all that. <clears throat> the older I get, the less I run and jump. But that dunamis in me is still as much as it ever was. And I found out something. I found out something. We don't need to do as much Jumping and running sometimes is what we think we do. I found out down through the years that when I'm praying for somebody and God's going to heal them, He's going to heal them whether I get a hold of them and shake them half to death or not. Sister Darlene helped me on that. She said, when I come up for prayer and I got a migraine, the last thing I need is somebody to get a hold of my head and start shaking it 90 mile an hour. Hello, somebody. Give us wisdom, Lord. That dunamis don't need you to be shaking somebody half to death. Hallelujah. That dunamis don't need you to baptize them in spit to get them somewhere with the Lord. <laughs> it's a shame it's a shame that we done got so old we can't do a whole lot once we learn a few things and wish, wish we could have learned some of this stuff when we was younger hallelujah glory to God so the purpose the purpose of Pentecost the purpose of Pentecost is multifaceted in its scope and nature 
There are so many ways in which we are benefited by the Holy Ghost and that it comes impossible to mention them all. There's no way that we can mention all the benefits of the Holy Ghost. But I'm, go- I'm going to begin by going back again to that one of the scriptures that I read this morning, John chapter 16, verse 12. And this is one of the last things I spoke about this morning. Jesus said, I have many, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. You can choke somebody to death on truth. You have got to have some wisdom about you when you are talking to somebody. And you need to let the Spirit of God direct you and what, and what to say and how to say it and when to say it. The Bible said, he that winneth souls is wise. You got to be wise to win souls. The ministry of Jesus on this earth was twofold in nature. Now first, we, we all know that he preached repentance. He cast out devils. He healed the sick and he worked all sorts of miracles. But I believe his major focus was the preparation and the training of the men who would lead his church after he left here. Those three and a half years, you, you stop and think about it. Study the Gospels. What was re- Listen, Jesus didn't come here to live forever. He knew what he'd come here to do. He knew his purpose. And he spent that time, he was not going to leave his church in the hands of a bunch of spiritual numbskulls. That's crude, but it's true. Jesus invested in those 12 men that he knew that was going to be the leaders of the church that he was forming. Hallelujah. That was one of his purposes. And he took them as far as he could until they were filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, there's much more. I've spent three and a half years pouring into you, teaching you and training you. And there's more that I've got to say to you, but I'm not going to say it now. I'm not going to take the time to say it now because you can't bear it. And I talked about this this morning. The reason why they couldn't bear the rest of what he wanted to tell them is they didn't have the Holy Ghost. See, what I'm talking about is the purpose of us having the Holy Ghost. It's not just because we can feel good and have a good time. There's, a, there's other reasons, purposes. John <coughs> chapter 16, verse 13. Let's read that. Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you unto all truth. For he shall speak of him, he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. Talk about the Holy Ghost. <coughs> Jesus was letting them know 
the purpose of that comforter that I talked about this morning. To lead us and to guide us. But folks, when the Holy Ghost is trying to lead us, we need to listen to Him. Amen? We need to listen to the Spirit of God when the Spirit of God... I preached a message at the old church many years ago. And that title of that message was, Can God Trust You with a Burden? Uh, I know we got some people here that the Spirit of God has woken you up in the middle of the night and placed a burden on your heart to pray for somebody because there was immediate need. Can God trust you by giving you a burden? Can He count on you if He wakes you up at 2 o'clock in the morning to pray for somebody? Can He trust you will be willing to get out of the bed and go do that? Or will you turn over and say, Oh, Lord, you know, that that alarm clock's going to go off early. Come on, somebody. I want God to be able to trust me. I want to be able to say, God... I'm available. Use me. Now, we're enjoying the experience of our our son, and we have being back in the house of God and worshiping the Lord. But I remember on a Wednesday night, several years ago, we was having Wednesday night service, and the Spirit of God Quickened me on the inside. And I stopped what I was doing. And I says, I don't know what's going on, but I'm asking the whole church to join with me in prayer for our son Ronnie right now. And we did that. And we went on. His mama talked with him a day or two after that. And he, we found out he was, he was driving like he does every night. And he came very close to being involved in a really severe and bad uh, semi-truck wreck. In fact, another driver of the same company he worked to was involved in it. And it was the exact time that the Holy Ghost quickened me that we needed to pray. He is one that when he goes, he wants to go and come back. He don't stop and piddle around. But he told his mama, he says, <laughs> he said it was the weirdest thing. He said, but I was coming up on an exit on, on, on I-40, and I all of a sudden got this great craving for an ice cream cone. <laughs> never had happened before, never has happened again. He gears, he gears it down and pulls off and goes right where he knew one and took the time to buy him an ice cream cone, sat there and ate it, and when he got back in the truck, got back on the highway, he went less than a half of a mile 
and there was the bad scene. And he told his mama, he said, if I hadn't got off that exit, I would have probably been involved in it. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the purpose of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will give you a burden. He'll put something in your spirit if he can trust you that you're going to carry it on through. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It's not going to be very much longer. 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. <coughs> but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's why Jesus told his disciples, I've got many more things to say to you, but you can't bear it now. You're still carnal. You're still in the flesh. You don't have the spirit of the Holy Ghost. To, my, 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 my. The purpose of the Holy Ghost is so we can have a straight line of communication with the Father. Oh, glory. Woo! Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I got a, I, I got a straight connection. Hallelujah. They say the President of the United States has got a red phone that can pick up and, and it goes directly to the Kremlin, to the President of Russia. And, and it's there in case of an emergency, if there's going to fix to be a crisis, immediate contact can be made. Oh, I'm glad I've got a direct line to glory. <laughs> Woo! I love to shout. I love to speak in tongues. I love to jump up and down and praise God. But thank God for that line of communication. Hallelujah. No. Man, I got, I, I got one of these, uh, uh, let's see. If I ain't done lost it again, I got one of these things they call them a smartphone. It's beyond me while they call them smart. I'm about ready to go back and get a dumb one. And the the, the fee, I got to pay AT&T each month for me and Sister Darlene to have one of them things. Every month I say, I'm about fed up with this. But what really gets me aggravated... When I'm paying that heavy fee and I'm driving down the highway and I'm talking, talking to her, sometimes I'm talking uh, to Cassie, and all of a sudden I'm just talking away. And uh, you there? Hello? I don't know how long I've been running my mouth and nobody's on the other end. AT and T, I pay you that good money. It looked like to me I could have a straight line of communication. Don't drop all the time. I got something better than AT and T. I got a straight line to glory, brother Chase. There ain't been one time, hallelujah, that that line to heaven has ever been dropped. As long as I'm talking, God's listening. Woo! 
interested in what I got to say. And I don't pay a monthly fee for it. My fee was paid right there. Paid in full. Right there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's talk just a little bit more about this purpose. But it's just not that. It's just not communication with God. But it's so we can do something also. Going back to Acts 1 and 8. You shall receive that dunamis. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then what? You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even Times Square, New York. Hallelujah. I guarantee you, if God, if, if God has got somebody that needs to be spoken to while they're there in New York and they, they, they speak, it don't matter. God, God's, God's got their back. Hallelujah. God's got your back. Amen. He is, the purpose of us having the Holy Ghost is to be a witness. Amen. To all the world. Matthew 5 and 13 through 16, my last scripture. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, or or you can put flavor in there, wherewith shall it be salted? It It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. And ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. It's not God's desire for you to blend in. I can't figure out why so many modern day Christians work so hard to fit in when God died so you could uh, uh, stick out. Hallelujah. I realize... I've heard people say time and time again, I just don't like being a fifth wheel, but I'm sorry, God called you to be a fifth wheel. We've got to be set apart and different from the world. We're no good to God unless we are. Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick and give it the light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. My, 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 my. The purpose. There you got it. The promise, the power, and the purpose of Pentecost. God help me to experience a personal Pentecost in my life. Let's stand together.